All right. It is April 26th. Welcome to Skull Sessions, the Viking Athletics Podcast, where strength meets smarts. I am your host, Eric Castiglione, owner and head coach of Viking Athletics. And today I am joined by Coach Monique Mount, who runs our youth strength and conditioning program, in addition to coaching CrossFit. Say hi, Mo. Hello. And some of you may not know this, but we do actually have a youth strength and conditioning program, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, so, Mo, first I'd like our uh, listeners to get to know you a little bit. How long have you been coaching? I've been coaching, I think it's 13 years now. Okay. And how long have you been coaching youth athletes? I've been coaching youth the entire time. Okay. It was actually adults that I didn't start until a few years ago. Great. What got you into it in the first place? Um, I fell in love with, with CrossFit, and like most things that I fall in love with, I wanted to learn more about it. So... I signed up for my level one, and as soon as the gym owner at the time found out that I signed up for my level one, he thought I'd be a great match to work with kids. So I also ended up signing up for my CrossFit Kids certification. Awesome. So you kind of did both very close together? They were within six months of each other. That's awesome. And uh, learning more about Richie didn't scare you away from him? Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> Take that, Richie. Um, so... What drew you to kids in the first place? Um, growing up, I had been very involved in music programs. And when I was in high school, I tutored the younger youth. So I kind of had always um, been involved with younger kids. And uh, when I was babysitting, I babysat a lot of kids that were involved in sports. So um, got used to having to coach them through some off-season stuff and things like that. So you've been doing that pretty much your whole life. Uh, some form of tutoring or, or teaching, yeah. Okay. And uh, why CrossFit for youth? Well, I mean, obviously we can get into the evolution of Brand X a little bit, but that's how you started. Um, yeah, so I just fell in love with CrossFit. And like I said, I wanted to learn more about it. Um, when I found out that youth could also benefit from it and I was used to working with that age group, it kind of just all fell into place. Um, so that's how I ended up coaching youth in the first place. Okay. And, uh, you know, now we'll go ahead and dive into that program. Obviously, there's a lot of misconceptions around youth training. Uh, when it comes to sports in general, we see athletes specializing at a very young age. We see people that have been told that lifting weights will stunt athletes' growths. Uh, why is it important to have a youth program in the first place? Well, there's a combination of reasons. Um, one of the biggest of which recently is the overall activity level of youth has greatly reduced and the, they face the same risk factors that adults do. So we provide an opportunity for them to be active and build those skills that they don't necessarily have. When you say the activity level has, has decreased compared to what, what do you, what do you mean there? Um, I know when I was growing up, kids were always outside. We were playing in backyards. We were, uh, playing basketball, baseball in the street, um, climbing trees, and we just don't see that as much anymore. Kids are often behind computer screens, on their tablets, playing video games, um, and we don't see them out in their yards or in the neighborhood playing as much anymore. So the advent of technology has kind of taken the place of outdoor play. What about physical education in schools? Well, um, I pulled a CDC report from 2017 that like less than 24% of children 
participate in 60 minutes of physical activity every day. And we actually see that um, some public school systems, the physical education is very lacking. Um, so this provides that opportunity outside of the school system. Yeah. And, you know, I actually fought tooth and nail against taking my CrossFit kids certification back in the day uh, because I was under the impression that it was pushing kind of competitive CrossFit on youth. And uh, when I walked in, the first thing that they said was, that is not the goal of this. The goal of this is to provide an alternative for the numerous schools out there that are slashing PE programs um, for kids that don't have access to sports and for schools that are slashing recess. I was like, okay, changed my mind immediately. And it was a, it was definitely one of the best certifications that I went to. So yeah, uh, I think that's a huge point in terms of schools. Obviously we're in West Hartford and public schools here do a pretty damn good job of maintaining recess and play. There's, I mean, I know I had access to when, uh, when I was in elementary school, we had access to before school programs. There was runner's club, there was early morning gym, and it was basically just additional time that you could go in and get some activity in. But kind of the same thing. We were always outside after school playing on the playground. We do manhunt at night, you know, get yelled at by our parents for staying out too late after dark. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we see that now people are behind screens. And while I would say that to some extent, that's important given that, you know, to be a functioning adult, you need to understand how technology works, at least for most jobs out there anyway. Um, I, you know, so like I want my daughter to learn how to use technology and she's pretty adept at it, but I don't want that to come at the expense of activity. So I, I think it's fantastic that CrossFit first implemented the kids program. And while we don't do CrossFit per se anymore, we follow brand X strength and conditioning. It's still another offering. So I don't know if you want to dive down that rabbit hole at all and kind of talk about the difference of what we offer versus traditional CrossFit. Um, care to care to comment on that a little bit? I think the biggest difference is traditional CrossFit um, is it's very focused towards adults. So you can't just scale it down to kids um, with cleans and snatches and things like that. Um, with the kids, we focus more on movements that carry over into um, actual life and turn the workout into a form of play. Um, it's not necessarily games all the time, but we make sure that they have fun in class and the things that they do can carry over into their everyday life. So we focus on things like pushing, pulling, um, squatting, hinging, things like that, but it's not necessarily in the traditional way as far as focusing on deadlifts and squats only. It might They might be carrying an odd object. They might be playing tag or relay races using those odd objects. Um, so, and we also keep in mind where they are um, maturity-wise, physically adapt things backwards if we have to as they grow so that they can adapt and move properly. Um, it's a lot of focus on correct movement and making sure that those movement patterns stay intact. I think that's a huge point, uh, adjusting it as as they grow. And uh, I'm sure you remember, I'm blanking on his name, um, he grew like six inches over the summer and had size like 13 shoes. Yes, I do remember. Uh, I don't remember his name either, but 
yeah, and in that case, we had to completely rebuild his squat because he didn't know how to squat anymore with the longer legs that he had. And that's kind of an ongoing thing with kids, and that's why it's very important to have a coach or a trainer that is specifically trained to work with kids. You also mentioned play. What is What does that entail? I mean, for comparison, um, my daughter just started soccer shots on Saturday. She's four, and, you know they're it's pretty much all play at that age it's uh it's focused on learning to follow instructions but you know they're running races across the very small field they're trying to knock over cones see who can knock over the most cones uh with a soccer ball trying to put as many soccer balls in the goal as possible and it's literally one game after another after another you said that what we do is not all play. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? So with the younger kids, it does cater more towards that end of the spectrum where we're establishing these movement patterns through maybe bowling towards um, a foam roller with by throwing a med ball or those relay races or obstacle courses, um, things that they can problem solve. With the older kids, we do get more into um, specific strength movements, but then within after we're done with that strength portion, we might have a workout that entails carrying sandbags or doing a bear call to climb over a wall. And um, they have some type of problem they need to solve and figure out how they're going to do it using the movement patterns that we just worked with. So problem solving is a big theme there. Correct. Okay. Uh, what else, what else uh, would be a benefit of youth training? Um, if we're thinking, especially for any kids that are involved in sports, because there's so much sports special specialization now, um, we have to fill in the gaps that those sports aren't covering. So if you're fo focused on a sport that is only running all the time, we fill in the strength gaps where um, the movement patterns that they're training could lead to knee injuries, ankle injuries, things like that, if they don't strengthen the muscles that are around those joints. So we'll do things like pivoting, jumping, um, squatting. Uh, we'll practice other things to try to prevent those injuries from occurring on the field. And for anyone tuning in, uh, episode two of this podcast, we had a former professional athlete Talk about the importance of strength training for injury prevention. So giving our previous episode a plug there. Um, what other benefits come from working out? I mean, were you a youth athlete back in the day? I was not a youth athlete. Um, the extent of my athletic system was playing basketball in my driveway. Um, but I did try to get as involved in sports in the gym, rec um, not necessarily organized but with my friends as much as possible um but the benefits i see from just running the program is the kids make um there's better f they make friends uh they build uh camaraderie um there's confidence levels i think one of the most rewarding examples i can think of is um years ago i had a girl walk into the program and she came in and she was a little bit overweight not a lot, but had zero confidence because kids at school would make fun of her. Um, I worked with her for the course, it was probably about six months or so, 
And during that time, I saw her posture change. I saw her confidence change. Um, she came in and uh, the very first day she was hunched over, slumped, slumped over. You could tell that she had no confidence. By the time um, I finished working with her, she was coming in, shoulders back, standing tall, would come in and talk about how she stood up for herself in school, proud of the strength that she gained. And I see that all the time, not just in girls, but also in boys as well. Um, they're dealing with a lot of the same pressures uh, that we used to only associate with girls. Guys deal with it now too. Um, and I, I see those changes constantly. That's awesome. And, you know, especially with social media being what it is, the bullying can be incessant these days, which is a whole separate issue that we don't have time to dive into. But that's fantastic. And I think, you know, arguably that's a lot of the same benefits that adults get better posture, uh, increased confidence. And uh, as silly as it sounds for some of the adults um, frequently hear, well, if I can make it through that, I can make it through anything. And, you know, it's the hardest part of the day. And if you're mentally tough enough and strong enough to get through that, then you can put up with whatever life throws at you. And I think certainly in youth, that's an important skill to learn. And I know from personal experience, um, that was something that we learned, particularly in you know, my, my three sports in high school were football, wrestling, and baseball. And football was hugely important for teamwork because everybody has a role to play. You might not understand how you fit into the larger picture. So it was trust in the fact that the coaches knew that they were using you in a way that benefited everybody. Uh, wrestling was a much more individual sport unless you're playing chess with who's going to go at what weight when which we did my senior year. Um, but, you know, that was probably the hardest practice, and it was a running joke. Hey, we're practicing for two and a half hours so that we can last six minutes on the mat. Um, and then I jokingly always called baseball my season off because in terms of the physical conditioning necessary for it, coming after wrestling, it felt like nothing. Um, but it was the same kind of thing where you see people – getting injured because they're not putting in the work in the off season. Um, you mentioned over specialization and, you know, my older brother was a collegiate goalie and performed very, very well on a collegiate level. Um, D three made it to the national championship three out of the four years. They faced the same team those three years and lost each time his junior year, they lost to them in the semis. So that's the only reason they didn't make it all four years, but same thing early specialization in order to play at that level, he had to play West Hartford travel premier and then the Olympic development program. So he's playing not only all year round, but multiple leagues at the same time for the same sport. So you talk about plugging the gaps and how early specialization is almost a requirement, unfortunately these days for youth athletes to advance. I wish that weren't the case, but you know, we got, we got crap if we weren't going to wrestling camp over the summer, you know, it's, you need to be working on these skills all year round. So, um, but the confidence piece is huge. And that was my long winded tangent based on confidence. The more you go through it. Yeah. You can put up with a ton of crap. So anyway, that's the importance of a youth program. Let's talk a little bit more about how we address the needs 
of the program and how the program addresses the needs of the youth a little bit more. Sure. Um, so I think off the top, we had talked about how most uh, youth don't get the 60 minutes of required activity um, every day. Where does that recommendation come from? Uh, that was from the CDC um, okay. and talking about uh, kind of the general recommendations for everyone, but then specifically for youth. Um, in our program, we offer it three times a week and it is a 60 minutes class. So um, it kind of fits the minimum mold of that requirement and fills in the gaps. Um, and it also gives them the opportunity for play, like we talked about. Okay. So we're addressing that. Um, now, do the needs of the athletes change? Um, I say athletes. Uh, that's how we address pretty much all of our members, including the youth. You know, from age group to age group, we talked about how at a young age we cater more towards play. What happens is they evolve and grow as athletes you mentioned the mental uh earlier you mentioned the mental maturity aspect as well um how do we progress people through this program as they get older so we look at um the biopsychosocial model um how old they are bio biologically how experienced they are in sport um and how mature they are um but as we advance them with the uh, Younger kids, we focus on movement patterns and loading that up in safe ways through play. As they get older, nearing middle school age, we'll start uh, adding in some more specific strength work, a little more structured strength work, uh, lighter weights, um, progressing very slowly, but it still results in progression. What do you mean by more specific strength work? Uh, closer to the actual barbell movements. So okay. like... Uh, some form of a deadlift, some form of a squat, some form of a pressing movement. Depending on what their specific movement pattern is, uh, is how we determine what implement we use with that um, child and how we might scale back the movement. Um, as they near high school age and more high school sports specific, uh, then we're talking heavier weight, a, a much more, even more structured uh, strength program um, Lower, lower uh, reps. So with the middle school age, we're working uh, high reps every single every single class. Some form of twenty to twenty five reps, whether it be in five sets or three sets. Uh, okay, so you're talking total, not sets of twenty. Correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, so we might range from sets of five to sets of seven. With the older age group, we still don't go up to one rep maxes, but we'll we work more in the three to five rep range to build that strength and um, once they've proven that they can brace and hold those movement patterns under heavier load. Uh, so there is a progression to it. Um, with the middle school age group, we still work in a few more uh, play opportunities. Uh, but like I said, it's more like uh, carrying sandbags, pushing a prowler, pulling a prowler, uh, just hiding strength in other ways. And uh, with the older kids, it is a more specific strength program with maybe a shorter conditioning work, especially for athletes, because they're getting a lot of conditioning in their practices. Okay. They're not getting the strength work. Right. So this would be more along the lines of what you would see in like a high school weight room, something like that. Right. Okay. Um, why do you focus on the higher rep ranges at the younger age, as opposed to going heavier and going fewer reps? 
We want to build the correct movement patterns so that as they advance and get older, even on into adulthood, um, those movement patterns stick with them. And uh, the best way to do that is under light load with um, higher reps because the more reps you're doing, the more likely you can uh, ingrain that movement pattern into you. So it's practice. Correct. Okay. Makes sense. In fact, our classes are structured as a prepare, which is like the warm up practice, which is whatever strength work we're doing, depending on the age group, and play, which is the workout or game or whatever. So at that age, it's uh, the conditioning pieces, like you said, structured more as hidden strength movements in a game kind of format so that they don't really feel like they're being pushed through a workout necessarily. And then, you know, when you get into high school, you expect that you're going to be doing a workout because that's what's going to prep you for, well, if you're playing sports, that's what's going to prepare you for it. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, let's talk about our program right now. How many, uh, what is our current age group? Um, our current age group is primarily 10 to 13. Um, we do offer it 9 to 18. Um, but the youth in our program right now are majority in the 10 to 13 age group. And wouldn't 18 be an adult? At what point do you make that distinction? Um, so 18 would be the time that they start transitioning into the adult program. Um, sometimes we've found that if a younger friend of theirs is still in the teens program, the 18 and 19 year olds prefer to stay in the teens program. Um, before moving on to the adult program, but it really is based on their movement pattern and basically being able to maintain a safe position. Okay. So again, dependent on their wants and needs and their abilities. Correct. Going back to um, the class structure, prep, prepare, and play, uh, where does that come from? So that was um, a recommended structure straight from Brand X. Um, it's explained in the certification that I took. Um, so for younger age group, the prepare is kind of just a general warm up, have fun, start running around. Um, practice would be they're practicing how to squat without any weight. And then um, the play would be a game that somehow incorporates that squat pattern. Okay. The middle school age group, it would be a more specific warm up to uh, perhaps a barbell squat. And then they'd be doing a lighter weight squat with either, either a barbell if they have a safe movement pattern or dumbbells or kettlebell or maybe even unweighted, just focusing on um, keeping a tight position throughout. And then the game, again, we would incorporate that skill into the game or workout somehow. Um, and then the older age group is a little bit more uh, structured, like similar to an adult program in that it's a much more focused warm-up, um, much more focused strength portion, and then um, accessory work or a short conditioning program. Okay. I think I said prep, prepare, and play. It was supposed to be prep, practice, and play. Um, I think that's also, you know, obviously we've chosen to affiliate with Brand X because they are the ones that originated the CrossFit Kids program before they split off and went in their own direction. And uh, I know we've had some talks with Jeff Martin about 
the difference. And uh, one of the main things was uh, applicability to sports movements later on. Like you said, we're focusing on movement patterns rather than specific movements. So we don't necessarily need to snatch if it's not going to benefit our athletes in prepping them for a specific sport. Um, I think the terminology is also indicative of that preparation, practice, and play. If you're a youth athlete and you are part of a sport, preparation would be the preseason, practice would be the start of the season before you have any games, and then play is the actual sport itself. So I do like that they have adopted that terminology. I think it, you know, you're you're taking athletic terms and applying it to anyone and everyone that's that's part of this program so i've been happy with what they're doing and uh every conversation we've had with jeff i just kind of want to sit there and nod my head so it's uh i'm glad we went in that direction yeah i actually um when i took my crossfit kids cert it was at their original location out in california and i've been following them ever since oh you had to travel for that yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was in philadelphia i just had to drive 45 minutes to king of prussia yeah, well, I can't complain about a trip out to San Diego. Yeah, I guess you can't. Uh, one of the benefits of affiliating with them is that we have registered as a Brand X certified training center. And I haven't checked the map, but when we did it, we were the only one in Connecticut. And obviously we have a radius of five miles in which we are the only one allowed. Um, they have been training youth for years and years. So I'm going to give brand X a plug because they know what they're doing. Obviously they broke away from CrossFit HQ because they wanted to refine their model in a way that didn't hundred percent align with the direction that HQ was taking. And bottom line is they know their stuff and we're implementing that methodology. So that's a plug for us. You know, if you've got kids in need of training, send them our way. We're more than happy to help. Um, we talked a lot about this is kind of a substitute for physical activity and meeting those guidelines. But what about for people that are, or youth athletes that are already playing sports, you know, they're really hitting that 60 minute guideline they got, in in many cases, um, I know one of my personal training clients has four kids. Many of them are, I mean, I think the oldest one is in middle school and is already doing two sports at the same time. So for someone that's already that active, can they derive any benefit from what we're offering? Absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, if they're not specializing, they may not have as many movement gaps that we might see in an athlete that is specializing. Um, But we can help fill in those gaps. And also by focusing on the movement patterns, um, this will help them on the field of play, no matter what sport they're doing, um, because we do work in rotational patterns. We work in bounding, hopping, um, other things that will strengthen uh, kind of the smaller connective tissue that can sometimes lead to injury if it's not strong enough because of just focusing on running all the time. I think that's a huge point. So we talked about previous podcast about uh, strength training for injury prevention. 
Uh, I mentioned my older brother specializing in soccer, and lo and behold, he was recruited to play in college, but right before graduation, he tore his ACL. Um, you mentioned bounding, jumping, hopping. How does dive a little bit more into that? You said it helps prepare the tissue. Um, so when we focus on a lot of those things, I'll, I'll use uh, what we call skater jumps as an example. Um, we that's a lateral jump, single leg jump back and forth. You're basically hopping from leg to leg, and oftentimes when we do those drills, we'll do them barefoot. So it builds uh, a lot of the stabilization muscles within the foot, ankle, knee, um, all of that, kind of where we see a lot of the weakness on the field. And that, in addition to the strength training that we're doing, um, will help fill in any of the gaps that uh, these kids might have by focusing on only running. Or like if it's a pitcher in baseball, they're only throwing all the time. Uh, it fills in some of those other uh, areas that they also need strength in. Are you involved in rehabbing any athletes? Have you ever had people come to you that have been injured in sports looking to rebuild? Um, a few years ago, I had a kid that had fractured his femur uh, playing oh, ice hockey. Um, so during that time, I wasn't necessarily involved in the rehab of that injury, but we were able to still involve him in the class um, and working a lot of the pressing motion. And then once he was able to put weight on his leg again, uh, we re rebuilt his squat pattern and strengthened, um, that whole area. That's huge. Um, you know, most injury happens because of overuse of improper movement patterns or just overloading the tissue. So, I want to revisit those plyometrics that you're talking about, the bounds, the jumps, the hops, because specifically when you say preparing the tissue, what that is, is energy absorption, absorption and redistribution. Um, that's what plyometric training is. And if you look at running in particular, most injuries in running occur from overuse. The body just can't absorb any more injury. So something gives out. So plyometrics are huge for injury prevention. You also mentioned the strength training. As you increase the ability that you have to strength train, you know, you do it for the sake of getting stronger, but it also, the stronger you are, the more volume you can handle, which is, like you said, we practice the movement patterns, but it's also a fairly high volume of training. The more volume of strength training that you can handle, the higher volume of plyometrics you can handle. So exactly like you said, you need both. And that's huge for injury prevention. So I'm really, really glad you talked about that. And I just lost my train of thought. I had something else I wanted to ask you, and I'm totally blanking on it right now. It was along those same lines. I'll probably think of it. Um, what other benefits do you see from training? We covered, obviously, the physical. We, f we covered confidence. We covered problem solving. What else is involved what else do you see as a positive result from the training of your youth athletes? It can also increase their cognitive function. Um, there have been a lot of studies done that um, the more active a child is, the more successful they are in school. Um, and I have encouraged the kids in my program, if I know of a subject that they are struggling with, I have encouraged them to study that subject 
after class, go home and do the homework in that subject after class, um, because there are have been studies that support um, if you study something after physical activity, uh, you will absorb the information and retain the information um, much more. Unfortunately, I don't have any specific data from our own athletes. Um, I'm not sure if they've actually implemented it, but I have encouraged it. That might be interesting, but you know, we'd have to get parental permission to send us their grades. Right. I did remember what I was going to ask. Um, you talked about ironing out movement patterns. Um, and it's along the same lines of injury prevention. CrossFit always says we fail at the margins of our experience. And if we apply that to a particular movement, we also get injured at the end range of motion most often. And when we're training adults, what we find is that we've lost the ability to move into certain ranges of motion. What happens with youth where it's usually the opposite and they're hypermobile? Unfortunately, we've started seeing that pattern increase greatly in youth as well. Um, if, if the youth start at a very young age while they are still hypermobile um, and able to squat with a good movement pattern, then we can prevent them from losing that movement pattern. Um, but the age group that I currently work with, unfortunately, we do see a lot of that loss of movement pattern again, because they're sitting all day in school. They're on their tablets when they get home, they're on their computers when they get home doing their homework, they're playing video games. Um, a lot of basic movement patterns that they used to, that kids used to be able to do naturally, uh, they're not able to do so anymore. Um, we've had to adjust our training to teach kids how to squat, how to jump, um, there are a lot of gaps that we used to not see in children that we are seeing now. Awesome. Well, that we offer that. It's sad to hear, but it kind of falls, like you said, increased technology. Makes sense. The more time you spend hunched over a desk and a keyboard, the more time you need to spend undoing it. So... Uh, what would be your recommendation for someone that's interested in starting? How do you ease them into the program? Um, so I usually do have, we offer a trial class for anyone interested in the program. And then um, I will use that first class to assess the child's movement patterns, see how they fit in. Um, and with every class, I plan it according to the kids that are in the class. Um, which is why we require signups ahead of time. <laughs> correct. Correct. Um, so although I have specific workouts planned out and, um, brand X also provides us with the programming, I modify it according to the kids that I know are coming and the, the movement patterns and weaknesses that I see within those kids. Um, and, uh, that's how we can have kids of multiple ability levels within the program. Um, and I work with each one individually. Great. What would you say the biggest challenges that you face? Um, I've recently, I've had to relearn my coaching because mainly because of the movement pattern issue. Um, it has gotten worse with the pandemic, unfortunately. Um, 
And so having to teach kids how to squat, how to do basic things from scratch that when I first started coaching, these kids knew how to do, no matter if they played sports or not. Most of them knew how to jump. They knew how to um, squat. They, they were, I didn't have to teach it as if they had never done it before. Um, the other issue that sometimes comes up which also I think is unfortunately a result of the pandemic, is um, teaching social skills, teaching them teamwork. Um, kids, they're not used to going out on a play field and uh, picking a team for kickball or baseball or basketball anymore. They, they do everything by themselves. So teaching that teamwork um, sometimes can be interesting if I have a team-based workout planned for them, which I try to do as much as possible to encourage them to socialize with each other. Oh, that's a heck of a challenge. Uh, what about with siblings in the same class? Uh, that's, that's... I'm just thinking of personal experience <laughs> when I was on the same team as my older brother. That's always fun. It kind of has varied from family to family. I've had families where the siblings get along very, very well. Um, I've also had families where uh, there is kind of a decent age gap. So oldest to youngest, they um, there's a lot of tension there. Um, sometimes if it's a family of multiple, more than two, uh, sometimes two might get along, but as soon as you add another one into the um, mix, they don't anymore. Um, and they also mature at different levels. Um, so I might have one where the younger kid is actually more mature than the older kid, but, um, and having to work around that sometimes can get a little bit interesting. I can imagine. <laughs> what would you say your proudest moment as a coach has been? Um, I kind of talked about it earlier. Uh, the one that sticks out the most is the middle school age girl that I worked with. Um, but just overall, I think it's the fact that what I've taught these kids carries over into their adulthood. Um, there are quite a few uh, current uh, adult members who I coached their kids and their kids are now adults. And um, multiple times, either the kid or the parent has come back to me and said that they, they remember everything I taught them and um, all they can think about when they lift or if, if they currently lift is the movement patterns that I taught them and staying strong. And um, there is uh, one that will come back every once in a while and, and lift with us. And um, he, every time he's in the gym, he's, you know, I, re I remember what you told me, tight back, tight back, tight back, keep everything tight when you're deadlifting. And, and his movement patterns are great and his, his uh, movements are strong. That's awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat. Anything else you want to add in closing? Um, no, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure we covered everything. Great. Well, for those that are interested in possibly training with us, uh, check the comments. We will post a link to Coach Mo's email address and the best way to get started. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next month. Skull. <laughs>